Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! Gosh, I hold. I hope I'm holding some money in my hands, but I'm feeling pretty good. I just uh, read a chapter out of the book of basketball, Bill Simmons, all about the guy whose jersey we got hanging on the wall. Welcome to Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, uh, SWX Montana Television, the ESPN MT app. If you've been watching us on TV, you know we got a sweet uh, gift as part of our prize package from Zootown Sports Cards. And uh, I pulled a, a Rick Barry jersey. Rick Barry probably widely uh, considered the, well, multiple things, um, one of the most hated players in NBA history, one of the most uh, outrageous personalities, one of the most uh, abrasive personalities in NBA history, and also one of the greatest players in NBA history. I mean, uh, Bill Simmons in his book of basketball has Rick Barry as the 26th best player of all time. So I just read a little excerpt about him to get the brain going before the show. I also got my tickets in hand. For tonight's game, uh, got a little coin riding on Kansas State, got a little coin riding on Arkansas, a couple dogs early in the Sweet 16, and that's a central theme here uh, of this show. We'll break down all the matchups uh, from across the Sweet 16. Four games tonight starting at 4.30, so we'll give you updates throughout the show here up until 6. And uh, Kobe Dant. The College Basketball Experience is the podcast. It's part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. He joined us last week to preview the tournament. Now he'll join us this week to preview uh, the Sweet 16 and give you some picks for both tonight and tomorrow's games. That's coming up here uh, in just a quick minute. Also caught up with Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz. We talked our way around the NCAA tournament as well as just sort of the state of affairs in college basketball. Uh, So that'll also be a part of this jam-packed first hour. And then hour number two, the return of one of our favorite guys, 
Justin Engel. He's back from vacation. He was out there in New Hampshire visiting his folks. So glad he got to uh, go back home. It's always hard for the folks that live on the other or that are, uh, hail from the other side of the country. It's just it's just tough to get there. But uh, glad Justin got to go see his family, and now I'm glad he's back here. So we talked. Also all about the NCAA tournament, but also the World Baseball Classic and uh, just a continued conversation on what's next for baseball from a business marketing uh, exposure perspective. And uh, pretty much everything today will have a central theme of the NCAA tournament as by the time this weekend is over, we will have a final four. It's amazing how fast it goes. It's 64 to 32 and then 32 to 16 and then boom, boom, boom. And by the end of the weekend, 60 of the 64 teams are out. And only four left standing. So um, should be some fun ones tonight. The, the slate tonight includes Kansas State and Michigan State, Arkansas and Connecticut, Florida Atlantic and Tennessee, and then Gonzaga and UCLA. You also got a couple of the only two top seeds left in the tournament, Alabama and Houston. They're playing tomorrow as well. So we'll take you through all eight games, and uh, we have a whole bunch of different Pieces and parts of commentary uh, here for the NCAA tournament. Thanks to our great sponsors for our bracket challenge. We had hundreds of entries this year, so thanks to you for entering uh, into the bracket challenge. And uh, thanks to Katie O'Keefe for providing a awesome grand prize, a $500 cash prize from Katie O'Keefe's. So uh, if you need a place to lay some last-minute wagers, need a place to watch the games tonight, Head on over to Katie O'Keefe's there in the Stevens Center, 2100 Stevens Avenue. Katie O'Keefe's where the drinks are always cold and the people uh, are always friendly. I am cool through Nuanas. This is Nuanas now. We are coming to you through the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. Missoula Broadcasting, locally owned and operated for more than 15 years and happy to say so. Uh, if you want to call us or text us, we're about to make a phone call. So if you want to get a hold of us here in the first uh, part of the show, Text us, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. And uh, you can also call that uh, number at any time as well. But we are about to go to the Rangish Brothers RV phone line and welcome in uh, Colby Dent. That's coming up here in just uh, one quick minute. Uh, but also thanks to our other great sponsors for both uh, the prizes for the Bracket Challenge and the Second Chance Challenge. You have 20, I'd say 26, uh, no, probably more like 22 minutes to go get that second chance bracket filled out if you haven't already. Uh, so go do that on ESPN.com. Search ESPN MT 2023 Bracket Challenge there on the uh, second chance bracket and uh, get a, get a, another opportunity to win some great prizes. We got gift cards from Dazzler's Car Wash, Paradise Falls, and uh, anybody and everybody that's still in the running for the Big Bracket Challenge, we got thousands of dollars of prizes coming your way uh, here in just a couple short weeks. We go down to the Rangers Brothers RV phone line. Welcome in. A guy joined us last week, and uh, happy to have him back again. It's Colby Dent. He is the co-host of the College Basketball Experience. He also uh, is part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network and uh, one of our go-to guys when we want to talk some college hoops. Colby, glad to hear that you're uh, on the other side of the phone because that means you survived your time in Vegas. How was the first couple rounds? What have you been up to, man? How's, how's it been going? Oh, I'm glad to be back in Los Angeles. My kidneys are thanking me. Uh, <laughs> ate vegetables for the first time in a couple days. Oh, man, the you vegetable know, uh, challenge in Vegas is the biggest challenge, right? You're like, man, I, I, I get the water in, but where can I find some lettuce? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. So uh, glad to be, be home. But, yeah, Vegas was rocking. The energy was great, especially seeing that Princeton upset and uh, obviously the Fairleigh Dickinson one, but I mean, 
Uh, it was just a lot of excitement. A lot of, uh, you know, I, I saw Virginia fans seem like they were crying after Furman pulled off the upset. It was fantastic. <laughs> it is always fantastic, especially to be in uh, the, the, the site when teams go down and just to see the elation of the winners and, and just the, the, the tragic reactions of the losers. It is uh, certainly pretty fun. I, I want to ask you a question I've asked a couple different uh, of our contributing guests this week. How big of an upset is too big of an upset? And I ask that because Bradley Dickinson beating Purdue is certainly one of, if not the biggest upset in the history of the NCAA tournament in terms of odds and spread and also just where Fairleigh Dickinson comes from. Didn't even win their conference tournament, and they beat the champion of the Big Ten. But I, I ask what what's too big of an upset because in the span of about three days, Fairleigh Dickinson got all this unbelievable exposure, and then their coach is out the door. So uh, maybe makes it even unsustainable to to carry on the momentum of this. I don't know. We'll see where they turn. But I mean, have you considered that? Because, I mean, Maryland-Baltimore County once upon a time was getting Googled 100 million times a minute, and we haven't heard from them in quite some time either. So is there such thing as too big of an upset in March Madness? I mean, I don't think so. I mean, look, Ryan Odom, the former coach of UMBC, he was able to cash that ticket to Utah State. So, uh, I mean, I, I can understand perhaps for their fan base, you know, sure. But at the same time, uh, you know, for the, the health of the sport, I think I, I think uh, this is the healthiest I can uh, recall college basketball with all these upsets. I think it's great for the product and, uh, you know, and for the, the – the, I, I kind of take, uh, you know, a bird's-eye view of the sport as a fan of, uh, you know, watching the whole sport. But, yeah, I mean, if you're a fairly Dickinson fan, it's kind of bittersweet, I guess. you. Sure. But you didn't even belong in the tournament. So, I mean, I guess <laughs> – right. They're an anomaly. I think UMBC is the, the the better example to use, but but even UMBC in that in their own conference tournament, they had to upset Vermont, who's been like a powerhouse sure. in that in in the AE. So uh, you know, I just think that I think it's good. I think it's good for the sport personally. Kobe Dant joining us here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television around the great state of Montana uh, and the ESPN MT app, no matter how you're tuning in. Thanks uh, so much for being here. It, it, cool that you were on hand to, to watch the Princeton run as well, and, and Princeton's still going. They'll play tomorrow night against Creighton, which actually isn't the worst draw in the world, and when you already beat the two seed, uh, you're kind of in the driver's seat and your side of the bracket anyways. But uh, in your estimation, Kobe, why has Princeton been able to go on this run? What's helped them hang, and not only hang, but moving into the Sweet 16 as a 15 seed? You know, throughout the week with this three-day break of watching just NIT and CBI and you know, just coming into the studio in the mornings looking for something to watch on TV. We went, we went back and watched the games again uh, for Princeton, and they weren't gimmicks. You know what I mean? Like, you could say the Furman-Virginia sure. win was like, you play that back a, a hundred times, you know, Virginia's probably going to win 99 of those. Whereas Princeton actually beat them down. Uh, the, the rebounding advantages, especially in the Missouri game, and and I guess you know maybe we just underestimated them. I I I recall before the tournament started, I was looking at Princeton's at a conference schedule, and they really didn't play any power programs, so it was really hard to get a gauge on how they would look. But man, am I buying in uh, to, to this to this Tigers team? I know that line's at ten. I know it hasn't moved much, uh, but at the same time, you have Creighton, who's just uh, been a good story too, and I think. 
Well, my wife picked them to win the national championship in our bra- in her bracket, wow. so that, that means it'll probably happen. <laughs> that, that means it'll probably happen because you know you you know, you know how it is on the bracket pools. It's never it's never someone that watched you know every single game every day. It's always uh, my mom or or something like that that'll just uh, kill it on the bracket. But I, I think you got to take the ten points in Princeton, but. I, I think Creighton is going to win the game, though. I think Creighton actually is a dangerous team. It's, ever since they got Cockbrenner healthy, uh, they've been a different team. And this is one of the best defensive teams Doug McDermott's ever had at Creighton. So I think that's another X factor. But clearly, uh, what a run for Princeton. And it, I, it wouldn't shock me. It wouldn't shock me. Go look at the rebounding numbers. Go watch the tape of that Arizona and that Missouri game when they're going up against these elite athletes. They beat them down. So cr- credit to them. Fantastic coaching uh, and, and really just great execution. It's so true, and, and I think that that's the thing. You know, Princeton has the the great execution in terms of their offensive scheme that you'd expect out of an Ivy League team. They also have sort of the cliche shooters that you'd expect. But it's the guy in the middle, number 20, uh, Ev Bumamwan, is I think how you say it. But he is from uh, Great Britain, but he's the guy that's been banging in the middle. He's got 18 rebounds so far in this tournament, and uh, that I think that he's the guy that's made all the difference in the world in terms of being able to hang down low, and that's then resulted uh, in success for Princeton. Let's talk about t- tonight's games, though. Colby Dant from the College Basketball Experience podcast joining us here. It's part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Uh, you're listening to Nuanas now on ESPN Radio. Uh, we are about, oh, I don't know, 20 minutes away, uh, 20 or less minutes away, from Michigan State, Kansas State. I know a lot of people here uh, in Montana listening to us right now, Colby, are on K-State hard. Uh, I was at the machine earlier today, and Kansas State was uh, two-and-a-half-point underdogs, and it swung even just in the last six hours on the Montana sports bet uh, machines. It swung all the way to K-State minus one-and-a-half because I think a lot of people are betting K-State because a lot of people around here watched Kansas State because they played Montana State in the first round of the tournament, uh, and then they played Kentucky at a little Sunday afternoon matinee, which was probably highly visible here in Montana as well. So um, what do we think of this Michigan State-K-State game? Because I think people around here are probably on K-State hard, but uh, Michigan State has certainly been playing uh, some of the best basketball of anybody in the tournament these first couple days. Uh, yeah, definitely, and I think this is one of the harder games. I mean, I, it's the game I want to watch most, believe it or not. Even even the UCLA-Gonzaga one it would be the only one that is up uh, against this one for me as the top two games to watch. Uh, I lean Kansas State, but this line has been bouncing all around. Uh, opened with K-State favorite, then jumps over to Michigan State, then jumps back to K-State. Um, I, I love the guards in this game. You know, uh, I, I thought this was Izzo's best team in a while because of the guard play. Um, obviously, Tom Izzo is a Hall of Fame coach, and you can't ever underestimate what he can get out of a team. I, I go back and I look at his national champion teams back in, what, 2000, or uh, you know some of those other Final Four teams, and I go, man, they, they didn't have anyone good on the team, really. Like, that great. You know what I mean? No one that played in the NBA or anything, and you're like, man, this guy got the maximum out of his talent. Uh, but at the same time, Kansas State does have great guard play. I know everyone that watched the Kentucky game all of a sudden, they're like, who is this Marquise Noel kid? He's been doing it all year, and he's got a chip on his shoulder. He's from New York City, too, uh, which, you know, it's a homecoming. This game's at Madison Square Garden. But to me, the real X factor, and he hasn't played that good in this uh, tournament so far, is Keontae Johnson, who is just a stud 
forward uh, that was a transfer from Florida that uh, a couple of years ago, remember, he he almost, uh, you know, he, a really scary situation there. Florida was playing Florida State, and uh, he passed out, had a heart condition. They, they almost died on the court, and then right. he didn't know if he was ever going to play basketball again, but he came back. He's a huge uh, X factor. I think he's a. I think he's a guy that can play in the NBA as well. I think he is the clear advantage that K State has as far as personnel. Uh, and then you have Jerome Tang, who I think you know anyone betting this game is going to say you know, or the late college basketball fan will say, oh, you got to take Tom Izzo, right? Which is true. Tom Izzo's fantastic, Hall of Fame coach. But I do think Jerome Tang is a really good coach. They were projected tenth in the Big Twelve, and look what they've done in year one. They're still playing ball. His his in-state rival Kansas is not, so they can, he can flex. You know, only year one here. Look what I'm doing. But also, he was an assistant for Scott Drew for 20 years. Won a national championship as a, as an assistant at Baylor. And ever since he left, Baylor hasn't been necessarily as good. You know, I mean, so I don't know if that's directly linked to all the players leaving or, or Tang leaving. But I think he's a really good coach. And it, I, I, I kind of think, uh, you know, just because it's his first year, everyone's saying, oh, you got to take Izzo. I like K-State to, to win this in a close one. I'm with you. I'm on K-State as well. I'm happy I got it when they were underdogs, but I still think uh, they could and should win. The, well, I should say should, but I think that they will win this game outright. Colby Dant, the College Basketball Experience is the podcast. It's part of the sports uh Gambling Podcast Network. Uh, you can go subscribe to it uh, if you want to check out his fine uh, college basketball coverage. Uh, how about then the the five fifteen game, Arkansas and UConn? I know a lot about Arkansas. Uh, Muscle Eric Musselman has been sort of in the the Western circle since he was at Nevada and been following him quite a bit. I've watched Arkansas the last couple of years. Coincidentally, they've just been at the site that I've been at, so I've seen them a bunch. I don't know hardly anything about UConn though. Uh, I do like the Razorbacks, though, how they've been playing lately. I do like them as an underdog. I think they're three-and-a-half-point dogs in this game. Uh, so where are we at with the second game between UConn and uh, and Arkansas? Well, from a talent perspective, I think you can make a case that UConn might be the most talented team in the tournament. But I have my issues with Dan Hurley as a head coach. Um, back to his Rhode Island days, even. Uh, I've always thought he's a great coach at getting the talent in you know, into the university, which makes sense why you would hire him. Is maybe the, you know, you, okay, you could bring in some big time guys, but uh, I've seen him get out coached in a lot of games where I felt like he's had the more talented roster. Eric Musselman to me is the complete opposite of that. Now, I do believe this Arkansas team is really talented too. Yeah, um, he gets the maximum out of his teams. You know, like he really has success in March. We've seen it three, four years in a row now even back when he was at Nevada when he went to the Sweet 16 before losing to Loyola Chicago. But uh, one of the things I think is misleading, when you dive into the analytics, you would say, well, Arkansas is not that good of a team this year. They've had so many injuries. They've had so many injuries, and I feel like they're getting healthy now at the right time. I think you have to ignore the analytics here. I was on them to beat Kansas because I thought their athleticism could could really give them some problems. I think Ricky Council Jr. is a name that everyone's going to get to know uh, throughout this tournament. And then the, the health of Nick Smith, who didn't even have the greatest game against Kansas, but I, I still believe it will be an X factor in this. I like Arkansas. I trust the coaching. I think Arkansas uh, gets the win here. Hopefully Eric Musselman can keep his shirt on this time. <laughs> he loves taking his shirt off. I'm glad you mentioned Ricky Council, too, because I think that he's awesome. I loved watching him uh, these these first couple days, or I guess the first uh, weekend of the tournament. Kobe Dant joining us uh, here on Nuanas Now. 
What's FAU got to do then to keep it going? It's t- funny because Tennessee kind of has this omnipresent narrative around them, both because of their Tennessee and also because Rick Barnes sort of has this narrative too. But uh, they've they've made that narrative go to rest at least for for now, and they they, they had pretty much no trouble with Duke uh, last weekend. Uh, FAU, one of the worst non-covers ever. I had a FAU minus nine and a half, and they missed the windmill dunk to lose by eight. But regardless, I digress. How does the Owls keep it rolling if they can, or uh, how does Tennessee then maybe take the next step? Oh, this is an interesting one, but, uh, you know, Tennessee, Tennessee is a team that, I mean, I normally like to fade Rick Barnes in March, but he did deal out a body blow to uh, the Duke Blue Devils, and I was a bit surprised by that, but then again, I guess I shouldn't have been, even though I was on Duke. Um, you know, Tennessee has just an older roster. Duke's team was like 18-year-olds for the most part. Uh, Jeremy Roach had a bunch of 18-year-olds, uh, and... It showed in that game, and, and look, Tennessee lost their leading scorers to Kai Ziegler, who I think is their best shot creator on that team for the season back in February. And I think it's going to catch up to them at some point. I'm thinking it might be this game. Now, Florida Atlantic is older than Duke, but they're still not a, a super veteran team. But I do think Tennessee got hot from three against Duke. That has not been the story of Tennessee this year. Can they duplicate that? I have my doubts. So uh, I also believe that, uh, you know, the, the, the Florida Atlantic team gets no respect. They've won 33 games this year. I think this team is legit. And another thing is they play in the Conference USA. And if you pay attention to the NIT or the CBI tournaments, uh, we saw Charlotte win the CBI, who's a Conference USA team. We're down to the final four in the NIT with North Texas, who just won at Oklahoma State and UAB, who just won at Vanderbilt. Yeah. This conference was, was way up. If you cover the sport, it is way up. And, it's, frankly, it should have had two or three teams in the NCAA tournament Definitely. this year. It's just the fact that they're a mid-major. But here's the thing. Florida Atlantic plays a lot of teams that play a similar style as Tennessee. Right. Uh, look, look no further than North Texas or Charlotte or UTEP. They play this slow-paced, defensive-minded teams. Now, yes, Tennessee's got better better athletes uh, than some of those teams. But I, I feel like Florida Atlantic relishes in that. So I, I'm going to take Florida Atlantic to uh, to cover. I actually like them winning it on the money line. Kobe Dent, the College Basketball Experience is the podcast. It's part of the Sports Podcast Gambling Network. Uh, last one for tonight, a battle for West Coast supremacy against Zaga UCLA from Vegas. Uh, it's interesting because the Zags have had the, the pressure of being you know, number one seed, number one overall seed even a couple of years ago. And uh, now as a three seed, they seem like they maybe have a little bit more of that underdog magic. This UCLA team has been on uh, so many runs lately, and they have so much great tournament experience. Uh, this actually could be one of the games of the tournament so far. What do you think of this one? Oh, man, if it's anything like the, the last two times we've seen them play in March, then we're in for a class. For sure. But, uh yeah, yeah, definitely, and and like I think the big X factor here is uh, the health of UCLA. We know Jalen Clark, their best defender, and frankly, maybe the best defender in all of college basketball, is out for the year. That happened late February, but since then they've had they've been hit by the injury bug as well. David Singleton, Adam Boa, Abona, um, those guys are game time decisions for this game. I think they're going to play, but that leaves a little bit 
little bit of concern there because Gonzaga has been great. You know, they're a veteran team. Drew Timmy, I feel like, has been in college since the uh, Nixon administration. So, uh, I mean, I think my real handicap on this is Tiger Campbell and the guard play of UCLA is their advantage, and guard play normally travels in March. I, I think the fact that Tiger Campbell also and Jaime Hackwes and David Singleton were a part of that team that got their heart broken by Jalen Suggs' crazy shot. Um, so I lean UCLA, but I, I'll be honest, I felt a lot better before all these injuries started happening a couple weeks ago when I, if you would have told me they were going to play. I actually have a future on UCLA to win the national championship. Wow. And I, I liked my chances a lot better obviously, before all these injuries because they, they've been starting to, to pile up over there in Westwood. He's Colby Dant. You can go check him out on the College Basketball Experience on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. We're up against it, man, but I do want to catch up with you again, so uh, I'll, I'll text you. But thanks so much for joining us today, man, and enjoy the games tonight. Anytime, and appreciate you guys. Uh, always love talking hoops. There you go. Go check him out on the uh, – Sports Gambling Podcast Network, and uh, give that podcast uh, a subscribe. It's so interesting to me because these guys have been doing this for a little while, and they're really good at it. But it's been it's been really fun to watch them grow. And now I love listening to the podcast, especially when it's this time of year, because uh, they're just so good at, at giving you sort of the, the national landscape of all of it, and uh, it's very valuable. You know, it certainly helped me a lot, and. Uh, They've given us a lot of good advice, both just in terms of the analysis of it and uh, also the the betting of it all. So uh, there you go. You want us now, ESPN Radio. Uh, More tournament talk, but from just a perspective of what it all means on a national perspective. Also, we have a pretty deep dive into the transfer portal and the way that it's impacting Division I hoops, specifically the Big Sky Conference. Riley Corcoran joins us next. Don't change the dial. Keep it right here. Juan is now ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. When it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice. And that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, We handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days. And that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultilaw.com. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. I had an epiphany today. We had never played Bob Dylan on this show before. That's crazy. I think we played songs that were written by Bob Dylan, but never Bob Dylan. I'm not like a crazy huge Dylan fan, but I, I like Bob Dylan, and some of his best songs are obviously like some of the best songs <laughs> ever, uh, ever written in American music. 
Well, I came over to do a podcast, and uh, I'm making him do a little bit of a radio show, too. What's up, everybody? Coming to you from Riley Corcoran's humble abode. He's wearing his Broncos shirt. Basically, this came of origin because we are about to record a podcast breaking down uh, the Grizz basketball season, uh, the highs and the lows, the goods and the bads, uh, three big things about Montana, and the uh, wish list. What could the Grizzlies do to upgrade or improve? moving forward uh but i also just thought of like 15 other sports related questions for riley that has nothing to do with the grizz as i was driving over here so uh here we are and i just wanted to you know fill in the blanks uh first of all before we get to your denver broncos shirt it was weird this last weekend riley and i have been to the last three ncaa tournaments together and we've watched all the games and stuff uh this last weekend i was just in missoula it was nice being home but i also was like Jonesing to just be like at an arena with you and the boys and uh, hanging out watching who uh, we've had the greatest tradition over the last couple of years doing that I felt the same way it was kind of okay we should be somewhere what's going on For but sure. with all that being said it, it was unique um, but man the madness was so much fun to just follow and it goes to show you you get two different perspectives right and I think there's so many people that love obviously now the new television setup where games sure. are staggered throughout well when you're at a session, or oh, you're yeah. at a oh, certain yeah. location. We're really locked into four games. Now, we right. know there's 12 other games going on around the country, but we're just hyper-focused on those four. So, to get the different perspective, it, it was unique this year, but uh, I certainly wish that we were at an arena because um, that's just become a good tradition for us, too. For sure. Man. We'll be back, for sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, no doubt. Um, for those that have never been to an NCAA tournament, Riley Corkin, voice of the Grizz, by the way. I don't know if I fully introduced him. I think I, think I did so we were at Riley's house. Uh, either way, it works. Either way, we're, here we are. Um, the, I don't know if people have ever been to a site, though, now, especially at these big arenas, when they have sweet jumbotrons, they're showing you cut-ins to games during timeouts. Like, it's so well-coordinated. The produ- For all the heat the NCAA gets, and a ton of it is justified, the thing that they do so well is tournaments, especially the men's basketball tournament. Like, they feed you like a king. You get to watch all the stuff. Even if you are only focused on four games, you get updates across the board. Well, it's the cash cow, right? And and they treat it like that. But it's first class across the board, and a lot of people have asked me, okay, would it be bigger calling an FCS semifinal football game or to do another game at the big dance. And it's not yeah, even close. It's not close. even close because you know you're at the top of the top of the levels from a nerd standpoint for us. You see the top broadcasters. You see Westwood One. You for see sure. CBS. It is just, it's the pinnacle. And I feel yeah. that everyone that is there has earned their right to be there as well. But as far as the production's concerned, it's amazing. You're sitting there in a timeout. Instead of looking at your score, they're like, oh no, we know that Xavier and Kennesaw State is a two-point game. Just go look at the Jumbotron real yeah. quick. The worst is when... They cut out of it because the live action comes sure. back on, too. So you see a little bit of everything, but you're so right. I mean, they, they do it correctly, but uh, I think, what is it? That tournament funds the entire NCAA for yeah. the whole year, so you can see why. No doubt. Um, the, 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 the farther we get away from it, too, the more I realize that that experience we had in Indianapolis, it, it was a, like not quite the height, but certainly in, in uh, towards the midst of the pinnacle of the pandemic. And... Uh, it was like 25% capacity at all the arenas, and we didn't know what we were getting into, but then having everybody there, I mean, it was it, we're never going to be able to replicate that experience. We went to 14 games in four days, and we saw, I thought that like the converging of the fan bases all on one city, usually it's four or eight. 
This was everybody. It was crazy to watch. Well, and we'll, we will never be able to do anything like that again. We will be talking about this as long as if we're doing radio in 40, 50 years. Yeah, I don't know. Right. They check on us. But <laughs> that or we'll be telling our grandkids this story about how sure. that tournament happened. I mean, the logistics part of it, and you know I'm a nerd with this. I will fully just uh, put myself out oh, there. Yeah. OCD when it comes Should've to been planning. A I, I, yes, that, that might be coming in a different <laughs> life for me. But, but the fact that we could finish a game, get in an Uber, and go hop to a different arena so we could get the start time of another game and do that rinse and repeat for four straight days. Insanity. In Indianapolis, I'll still give them one more cred- credit and kudos. That's the number one city that could be able to do so something sweet. like that. It, it was so sweet. It, it was awesome. And uh, I, I just, I'll never forget when Illinois and Purdue lost in the same afternoon and there was a ton of Illinois and Purdue people there and they were all just out Sad Panda, I think it was like the day after St. Patrick's Day, so everybody was uh, either still going or, you know, hanging on or whatever, and uh, it was just, it's just funny to see. You know, you realize that there's crazy sports fans everywhere. Like, we watched uh, USC just whip Kansas, and we were sitting right next to a couple guys from Kansas in Hinkle Fieldhouse, which is like one of the coolest arenas I've ever been to, and it was like our third game that we'd watched there, and... Uh, these guys were, like, ready to cry. <laughs> they were so depressed. But I, I I was just reminded vividly of the Kansas and the Purdue people so being so upset because both Kansas and Purdue lost last week, too. Uh, oh, how ironic is that? Right? The one game I'll never forget, Abilene Christian beating oh, yeah. Texas oh, yeah. when me and you were sitting in Peyton Manning's suite. That's right, I think, the up quarterback in, club yep, suite. Up in Lucas Oil Stadium to watch that. That game was incredible. That, that to me, showed the true madness, right? Because Abilene Christian would be, yeah. I would say, the equivalent of a Fairleigh Dickinson in the State sure. of Texas, yeah. playing the big dog, For University sure. of Texas. Ironically, that was the last game that uh, we ever saw from Shaka Smart. He goes to Marquette, right. and it caused the domino effect. Then Wayne Tinkle's run. I mean, even more so now, Beavers have had a really tough stretch yeah. since then. But the fact that that team made it all the way to the Elite Eight, and we watched both the, the first two of their games as well. Man, Coulter, down memory lane. We could do a full show about our weekend uh, in Indianapolis, I think, on repeat every year. <laughs> Riley Corcoran, <laughs> voice of the Grizz here on Nuanas Now uh, on ESPN Radio. Uh, last couple things about the tournament. I did a, a budget breakdown. Uh, you, uh, We were talking before we got on record about Mark Campbell, Sac State head coach, now TCU's head coach. I did a breakdown of all the money. Uh, for the the spending in men's basketball, and uh, first of all, one of the most surprising things I learned was that TCU spends the sixth most on men's basketball of anybody in the country. I thought that was Whoa. amazing. They're also one of the only top fifty schools that's losing a bunch of money, so maybe the business model is upside down. I think part of that's because they just invested in paying Jamie Dixon when he first got there, and that's probably a huge. And I part. think it's paid off for him, right? No, for TCU sure. TCU doormat, and now they're totally. at least relevant uh, year in year out. Relevant. I mean, they've yeah. been in the tournament, they've won games, um, so certainly relevant. Um, but that I, I, that that financial analysis was so fascinating because you look at the Sweet 16, six, 14 of the top 16 are all in the top 90 in spending, and I think 12 of them are in the top 50 in spending. So even if you want to think that Creighton is a, a Cinderella, they're not. They're, no. they're spending top 40 money. Xavier's spending top 35 money in the NCAA men's Division One men's basketball. I think people don't realize, especially with how strong they've been this year, that the Big East, that conference, I mean, and I know Montana's only gotten a taste of it, but they played Creighton, they played Xavier, and when you go and see how much those schools put in For to sure. football, or to basketball, rather than Because they football, don't have football, exactly. Exactly. It, it is a different level. So yes, Creighton, 
they're not your old Creighton. They're, no. they're a powerhouse right now. And I would I would imagine the two teams that aren't in there are Princeton and Florida Atlantic. That's that was right. probably the it, only two. It, right? Exactly. And uh, so then it always makes me go down the rabbit hole of, do, is this ever going to be possible for a big sky school? Or is it ever going to be possible to have these Cinderella runs? Because you can always explain almost immediately the reasons why schools do like Florida Atlantic. I mean, it's on a beach. It's an enormous school, even though they're, you know, in the 150s in budgeting or whatever for men's basketball. They're going to keep investing in it because they have a bunch of students. It's in a beautiful area. It's an enormous sports state in Florida. So you can get local guys that are yeah. Division One caliber, but, you know, just in bunches. Princeton, I mean, obviously, Princeton is one of the great institutions of higher learning on the earth. So you can totally get a couple guys that are better, quote-unquote better, than Ivy League-level basketball to go there. And then you look at even the ones that have built it up, like Gonzaga, Creighton, private schools, but in huge, growing cities. I mean, huge by Western, you know, rural standards. Mm -hmm. But Omaha and Spokane are certainly giant, giant cities compared to any of these places in the big sky. And so I just wonder, like, is there ever going to be a way to catch this rabbit if you're uh, the Big Sky Conference? I don't want to be pessimistic or come off as pessimistic, but but culture, the, the gap is growing. It is For growing sure. exponentially year by year, and, and how often that we continue to revisit, okay, what's it going to take for a Big Sky school to make it? The gap's getting further and further away, and that's yeah. hard to, to think about, wrap your mind around here in the mid-major, just call what it is, the low-major world. For that sure. is the Big Sky sure. Conference right now. And a big factor of I know what we're going to talk about, especially on your podcast down the road, Look at the transfer portal. What has the Big Sky Conference now become? It has become a stepping stone, 100%. Or a bounce back. Or a bounce back. Or a second option or right. whatever. And I think those bounce back options, to me, you're seeing more turmoil with teams that, are, that you're for getting sure. three or four bounce back guys rather than continuity moving forward. So I think it's going to get tougher and tougher. Now, one game, that, that's a different story. You could have a fairly Dickinson catch lightning in a bottle or Princeton playing Arizona who absolutely went cold for five minutes. That still is out there. And I think a big sky school with the right matchup, if that ever happens, I, I would near to say that Montana State's matchup with Kansas State is about as good as maybe you can ask <laughs> right. for on and, paper. And they right? still have two third-team All-Americans, right? Well, exactly. It's just crazy, the level of players. Exactly, and I, I just think that you're going to see that gap get further and further, and it's tough for the Big Sky, but the, the, the closer they maybe embrace what they are rather than fight back against it, I don't know. I think that can maybe help. Well, here's a, a conversation point we've been having. My brother and I have, Razim Seabrook and I have, the, the one of the things that's like a fundamental difference is that the Ivy League champion looks like the Ivy League champion most years, even if it's Harvard or Princeton or Penn or Yale or whatever. And you can go down the line, especially with these smaller, low major conferences. They have a sp specific style. Part of that's because the Big Sky is so far flung regionally. So I mean, you know, there's not a lot of places like. In the Northeastern conferences, you just have a bunch of Northeastern kids playing against a bunch of Northeastern kids. We're in Similarity. The teams are essentially right. the same. It's just a matter of, oh, they have two better players than we do, but we're going to play the same style well, of totally, basketball. Totally. And they're, all, yeah, and they're from similar areas and whatever, and the big sky is just so far flung. So I think that's a part of it. And But the league just lacks an identity. There's like three different styles that are played in the league, and sometimes one outweighs the other one. 
the style that translates the best to the NCAA tournament is Eastern Washington style or, or Northern Colorado style where you're shooting a bunch of threes, playing skill-based. I think that the teams that play defensive styles like the Montana schools, it's way tougher because you won games a certain way and you're not going to be able to go and do that to a Big 12 team. You aren't. Or a Big 10 team like Michigan. Right, exactly. what happened to Montana? Two of the best teams they ever had. For sure. Worst matchup possible. You're well, gonna- and, and like that first year against Michigan, though, the Grizz guarded their butts off. They gave up 61 points to a Big 10 team and they still lost because you can't you can't out defense Michigan. You know no, what I mean? You're not going to. And yeah. I think that it's something when we get in the mode of week to week Big Sky Conference play, we enjoy the fact our coaches love to remind us the fact of, well, the style of play is so different from Thursday night right. to Saturday night. Okay, well, well, that is great in one breath to where every game and conference is going to be exciting, but it is an absolutely a detriment to the big picture of yeah. what we're talking about right now. What's it going to take? you got to have a team that can hit threes that's not going to get bullied in the post. That's right. And it's very rare to find a combination in yep. this conference to where it would be. Now, I don't want to ruffle any feathers whatsoever here because I think Montana State absolutely earned that right. How do you think an Eastern Washington would have done in the tournament with their makeup? Now, they beat Washington State. They competed with Oklahoma State. Yeah. How do you think that they would have matched up just with their personnel and the team that David Riley put together? It's so interesting because so much of it would have come down to the draw. Um, you know, like let's say they drew the exact same draws as, as Montana State. They drew Kansas State. I don't think the result would have been hardly any different. I think Kansas State would have beat them. I think they might even beat Eastern a little worse. Because of the post play, I Because think. of the post yes. play and because yeah. Eastern plays this – unorthodox big lineup with Andrew Allegri at point, and he's like 6'6", he would have had an almost impossible time guarding Marquise Noel. Darius Brown can guard Marquise Noel a little bit more, but Marquise Noel said 17 points and 14 assists. So, I mean, that's why he's a third-team All-American. Um, but I, I do think, though, in that hypothetical, if Eastern's going, it's because they won the tournament, which means they've won three games in a row, which means they're probably a 26-win team that had 19 Big Sky wins. I think that team might be in the... In the uh, in the market for a 13 seed instead, and then you get a way better draw. That's the thing is the league has just, they just have not gotten good. If you get a 14 seed or lower, you're getting a power five team and you're going to get beat. Like there's just, there's just no real way to beat a, a power five squad like that. That is a t- If you're not a 13 or better, you are facing a top 10 team in the country. Period. That's right. End of That's story. Right. I mean, Kansas State was number six in the country two weeks ago. Playing in the best conference in the country, they beat Kansas. They beat the defending national champion. In from Lawrence. Last. Yes. I mean, you are just not going to be able to match up against someone like that. Yeah. Now, you compare it to the four seeds that are out there. Yes, Virginia is a very solid program, but at the same time, they were leaking oil towards the end of the year to For where sure. you get a better matchup. Well, Furman gets them. Even Kent State, Indiana seemed like a a better match sure. on paper. The caliber of a two seed compared to a four seed drastically different. Until the Big Sky Conference can get inside the top 13, be a 12-13 again, I mean, hey, it's no secret when Montana won, they were a 12. They got a favorable matchup. The 14 seeds, I think Weber State might be the last 14 seed from the Big Sky to get a win when they beat North Carolina in the early 2000s, but outside of that, the gap just continues to grow further and further. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, joining us here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. You can also catch Riley on the Big Sky Breakdown podcast here a little later on this week, putting a bow on the Grizz basketball season. We'll have an update from John Velk. His awesome countdown culminates with his number one player. It's no surprise. Everybody that has listened to this countdown knows the number one player in Grizz basketball history is Larry Kostoviak because Larry Kostoviak is arguably one of the two or three best players. It's it's not Peter Jones? <laughs> I, I thought Velk's favorite player Pete, was Pistol Pete. He was, down in, he was down in 
Boise, by the way. Let's go, Pistol Pete. Not to bury your lead, though, yes. No, I love it. Uh, (laughs) So check out the Big State Breakdown podcast coming up. A couple more things on college hoops. You mentioned the transfer portal. I wanted to talk this out with you because uh, uh, the, the concept of the Big Sky Conference as this massive feeder league has been a little bit overblown. I do think guys have left for, like, slightly better. You know, when Cam Shelton left NAU for Loyola Marymount, like, that's slightly better, but it's not Tanner Groves leaving Eastern Washington to go play in the Big 12. The Tanner Groves big, you know, Eastern Washington to the Oklahoma, that's very, very Needle rare. Needle in a haystack. Right? Like, as we record this here on a Wednesday, Jalen Cohn from Northern Arizona just went in the transfer portal. He's been an ACC guy before. He played at Virginia Tech. But I don't think he's going to be a Power 5 guy again. I mean, maybe he does, but I just can't imagine. Like, the, the transferring from the Big Sky to the Big 12 and starting, that's only going to happen every once in a blue moon. Well, I think you have to really break down what each individual wants, right? Because if you're going to yeah. go to a Power 5, you will have to accept a sixth-man role. You are going yep. to be a piece. Now, could he go to a Mountain West school and be a stud, be a, be a top-three player maybe on a – I'm just throwing darts here, but like a San Jose State sure. or like a Nevada New Mexico, Nevada, could he be yeah. a top three player there? I don't know the answer I don't to that. You, you go back to someone like a Geno Crandall as well. North Dakota, he went, went to Gonzaga, Gonzaga yep. sixth man. Okay, got some playing time, got yeah. a lot of play time. Actually. And even Cam Shelton, right? He leaves NAU, and, and this is this would be a great comparison because Jalen Cohn and Cam Shelton had very very similar numbers totally. in time in Flagstaff. Cam Shelton, he had a great year this season, but his first year at Loyola Marymount, he was sixth seventh man. Right. So I, it's all about what you want. And I know the, the the glory of being in the Power Five, it comes with so many benefits. But, yes, is it really a step up? I, I don't know. I think it really comes down to each individual and the circumstance that, that they want. I think young people these days, too, so many different factors play. Like, a lot of times you just would rather live in California, so you just go to LMU. You know what I mean? Like, I really do think that plays a little bit, too. Uh, the, the part I wanted to hash out with you, though, is the way that – so the Big Sky is sort of transactional. It's not that often you're going Big Sky to the Big 12 or the Power 5. But uh, there is a lot of guys leaving when they do have good years. But there's also a lot of guys coming in. I think that there's been a lot of impact transfers in this league. I mean, you look at Montana State's Big Sky champions. I mean, Darius Brown, transfer. Raekwon Battle, transfer. Jabril Bello, once upon a time, even though he's a four-time All-League guy, he was a JC transfer. Um, you know, Caleb Fuller, tra- I mean, that's four out of their five starters or transfers. And you probably don't get great Osobar unless you got Jabril Bell in the first place. So he's like a, a you know, a, a secondary uh, repercussion of the transfer. So you can't have great players. And we've seen other great players at other schools in the league as well. Um, but I think that the trend that you can identify now is that the schools that have relied heavily on transfers, when it goes well, it goes well. And when it goes bad, it goes all the way bad. We watched this with Weaver State a couple years ago. I mean, that team that had, like, Kobe, Kobe McEwen and Dante Bissett yeah. and all those guys, that team was rolling, and then they weren't rolling. They lost, like, seven in a row, and they stumbled down the stretch, and then they, they got together a little bit, took the cats down the wire in the Big State Tournament. But, like, that's a ridiculously talented team, and they lost it, and they couldn't figure a way to get it back on track. Same thing with the Grizz. They've had uh, these last couple of years when stuff was going good with Michael Stedman, great. When it wasn't going good, bye-bye, and all of a sudden they're tanked too. So, you know, I don't even necessarily think it's just this one – quote-unquote, like, cancer, it's more like because there's – people don't know how to navigate the adversity together, and so when it goes awry, nobody knows where to turn. You have to have – buy-in from multiple guys on, on yeah. what the focus is and what's the goal. Now, there's goals of some programs, and I'm not going to name programs in the big sky. You can fill in the gaps sure. here. There's some programs that want to get the best talent 
and they're going to let each, each individual go out and try and do their thing. And if that yeah. results in wins, that's a bonus. Right. There's also some programs out there that want to get transfers that buy into their mentality. For sure. Even though you are at Power 5 school, you are coming here. And you are trying to be a sum of all the parts. Right. Now, can you get buy-in there? I would say Eastern Washington did an incredible job this For year sure. of getting buy-in from guys that were at different places that maybe For took sure. a different role. How much of that, won. though, is they're getting gas from lower levels? I think that was huge, right? Cedric Cowher's a D3 transfer. Dane Erskrup or whatever is is a D2 transfer. And I'm blanking on the name, but last year their big guy, uh, Aklis, Link, uh, Lincoln, Lincoln Aklis, he was he's D2. a D2 transfer. Right. Yep. I think that's a huge part of it. Yep. And I think that that's the, the answer to the bigger question here. Progression. Natural right. progression. How's right. it supposed to work? You start in the big sky and you're good? Okay. Try and move up to Mountain West Power 5 school. But if you're a D2, D3 standout, instead of going to be the eighth man on the bench at a different school, come be a standout in the big sky. Eastern Washington has found that mix. But it's a, And I think that's exactly where we're at, Coulter, where, where you have individuals that come in the portal and still want to do their thing and, and don't buy into the team concept. You've got guys that do, and, and that's why you're seeing uh, maybe where teams are finishing up in the standings. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, joining us here on Nuanas Now. We'll continue this basketball conversation on the Big Sky Breakdown podcast, so stay tuned uh, for that. I wanted to ask you about just a couple more things here before we let you go from the radio aspect. Um, first of all, you are wearing your Denver Broncos shirt as we record here. Um, where are you at with the new hire? You must be – I mean, here's the thing. First of all, Sean Payton's an outstanding coach. Second of all – and I don't really have any opinion on Nathaniel Hackett as anything but a head coach. He's a horrible head coach. And so there's there's a lot of room to grow no matter who you hire, and then you hired one of the best guys in the business. So uh, you must be pretty pleased. I'm extremely pleased. Now, I'm going to temper my excitement a little bit because I also was very pumped going into last year. And after the Woof. first game... I was like, okay, something's wrong. And then the second it. game, it was like, oh, this is a la- this is a joke. And then the one Bronco game I decided to go to last year was the game against Indianapolis, where I didn't see a touchdown. Oh my god! There gosh. were seven. Were field- I was at that right. dumpster fire. It was terrible. It was on the <laughs> Thursday night of the Grizz bye week. I went to that and saw twelve to nine, and I respectfully looked at my family, my fiance, and said. I'm done with Bronco football this year. <laughs> we're going to next year. So I am extremely excited because. The worst part about it, right, and we can, we can compare this as we go to the Big Sky Breakdown next, when the Grizz basketball team hit rock bottom, everything was exposed. Sure. Everything was on yeah. the ca- – well, guess what? I think Denver had that happen this year, and because they were on national TV nearly every game at the start, everything was exposed. Russell yep. Wilson yep. was exposed. Yep. Nathaniel Hackett was exposed. Now you know your deficiencies. You have a capable head coach that is motivated – and has a plan. I just feel like Denver has a plan now. Now, is that plan going to work next year? I'm not quite sure. They get to play a last play schedule again. I'm optimistic. How about we start with the winning record? I, I just cannot believe <laughs> that Denver has the second longest playoff drought in the NFL behind only the New York Jets. Even the Lions? Yes, the Lions. Oh, the Lions stuck in with Stafford as the seventh seed. Oh, that's seed. right, when they had Calvin Johnson Exactly. Still. Yep. yep, a seven versus a two or a six, three, whatever that yeah, might yeah, have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Denver has the second longest, which is really hard to fathom, especially in this neck of the woods. So I am. That's crazy. I know. I, I'm excited. It, the time is now, for crying out loud. They made the playoffs since Peyton Manning threw a couple ducks across the middle and they rode that defense to the Super Bowl. Uh, a couple other things from Grizz Athletics. First of all, Riley was on the uh, SWX Montana TV on Monday because he was calling the Grizz softball games against Carroll College. Um, Grizz fans, you can check out the softball team uh, coming up soon here again. Are you calling these ones? Yes, Tuesday. Nice. Okay, so this is next Tuesday. Next Tuesday, okay, probably. Next Tuesday. This is from Nick Halsey uh, uh, at UM Athletics. Uh, 
Tickets for all softball games will be purchased at gogrizz.com slash tickets. Uh, next Tuesday, starting at 2 p.m. against um, the University of Providence, right? The Great Argos. Yep. The Argos, who have actually okay. had one of the longer programs in all of college softball in the state. So. Uh, they're, I mean, because University of Providence is a private school, they they have sort of this, like, club model that but then they can raise money at such a high level so they, they actually have one of the best softball programs and one of the best they have the best hockey program in the state because they've played it forever and, and they compete I mean women's basketball oh, they, sure. they also had really good teams national tournaments not yep. quite sure this last year but I mean with Bill Himmelberg at the helm they have yep. they've done a really good job and, and I think this stuff is so great and, and I know there are so many factors that go along with other sports particularly basketball men's and women's but my goodness when Montana and Montana State are playing non-division one opponents it it absolutely has to be and should be a school from within the state this is only good this, yeah, this sure, is a good right. reason why these are on SWX because it's Montana against Providence. It That's unites right. the state for one reason or another. Great story with Carroll, who they threw on the mound. It was the, the Gatorade Player of the Year from Billings Senior yeah, yeah. last season. Right, it was totally. awesome. That, that's the kind of stuff we need. And yeah, so yes, I'm a little bit more excited than maybe one should be to call uh, two softball games on, on next Tuesday against Providence. Well, very cool. Then the last thing we'll leave you with here, uh, April 7th, the Grizz Spring Game. And this is actually kind of cool. There'll be uh, women's tennis, men's tennis, softball, and football all day that day. And that's culminating with the spring game at 6 p.m. And uh, so they're doing a little bit of an Easter egg hunt, uh, sort of on the eve of Easter weekend, which is cool. You'll be able to pick up the Easter eggs at each of the four sporting events. And then if you pick up one at each of the four and bring it to the spring game, then uh, you're entered for a chance to win uh, some big prizes. So... I don't want to have to give Nick Halsey credit. That's a good idea. That's a a really good idea. Hopefully it's a nice day and uh, you can just swing by the tennis place and the softball complex and uh, the football stadium. Uh, Visit gogrizz.com for more information. Uh, we can uh, You can hear more of this conversation on the Big Sky Breakdown. SkyOnSportsMT.com. Thanks for being here on the radio. Absolutely, man. Always appreciate Riley, voice of the Grizz, for swinging by. We, uh, I don't know what we're going to do next, but don't change the channel. And Justin Engel, business angle coming up here in about 10 minutes. No one is now ESPN Radio. At Jewelry Design Center, they can make anything you desire. We have branded jewelry that you'll see across the world and the country. And you have full access to our full manufacturing shop. You can look in the case. You don't have to start out designing something. You can see anything that we have in the case that customize it for your personal experience. Jewelry Design Center, now open in Missoula at 2501 Brook Street, across from the Montana Club. Jewelry Design Center, your jeweler for life. ESPN Radio. I'm going to try to go skiing a couple more times this year. I got this bent ski pole. This is from my last excursion. This was uh, crushing some pow up there at Lookout Pass. And uh, one big pole plant, one big dude. And uh, she bent. I don't know if I should just keep skiing on her. I should get new poles. I know they're not that expensive. But uh, it would also just be so funny to be spring skiing and have it break until it wouldn't be funny if I got hurt. So I don't know. We'll see. Nuwana is now the place where we bend our ski poles whenever we go skiing. <laughs> Thanks so much for hanging out with us. Our first two guests here in the first hour, uh, so informative and thorough. 
that uh, we're going to take another break. We're rolling to the second hour. Justin Angle, a business angle. Next, here on Nuanas Now. Don't change that dial. Hour number two, coming right at you. 1029 ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 